I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Love Life Connection podcast, a podcast for smart, successful women who feel like they have it all except love. I'm your host, Veronica Grant, a love and life coach. And today I'll be joined by a guest to give you an inside look at the work I do with my clients. This is your opportunity to learn through someone else's experience. They may even ask a question you have or one you haven't even thought of yet. So keep an open mind, open heart, and let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to episode number 232 of the Love Life Connection podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I am super excited to be connecting with you again this week. And I am way, way ahead of schedule. And that is obviously on purpose because I plan to have mostly new episodes for you on the podcast while I'm away on maternity leave. So this is mid-July or so that I'm recording this for you. So I am gosh, two months in advance. And of course, it'll only get more advanced as I get, you know, more into my maternity leave. So I have no idea if by the time you're listening to this, there will be a baby. A great way to find out is to come connect with me on Instagram. I will definitely be posting some sort of announcement at some point after the birth. I haven't decided about posting pictures of the baby. I know a lot of people do. And I love seeing friends and family members and whoever else's kid. But I just have to feel into how that feels for me and what I'll be doing. But I'll definitely be posting an announcement. And you don't have to worry, my Instagram page will not turn into a mommy feed or a baby feed, you know, outside of just maybe an occasional picture or update from me. So I'm Veronica E. Grant, if you'd like to check in on me in real time. But to be totally honest, we are hoping that our baby comes on or after October 1st. Uh, my husband, Stevie, works for the government. And starting in the new fiscal year, which starts October 1st, any babies born, their parents will get three months of paid parental leave. So having Stevie home for three months would be so amazing uh, during the first few months of our baby's life. So really hoping <laughs> that uh, the baby will make his debut on or after that date. 
and I'm not releasing or sharing the due date or anything kind of privacy, superstition, all that kind of stuff. Not even our parents know exactly when the baby is due to arrive. So October 1st is totally possible, but we'll just have to see what happens. All right. So for today's episode, I'm super excited to dive into this topic. This is not the first time this topic has come up on the show. And honestly, it's probably not going to be the last time because it is just, I think, the one thing that messes us up as women the most, and that is the societal pressure to look a certain way. And yeah, I think to an extent, men experience this too, especially if they aren't, you know, macho or more muscular than other men. But I just think that nothing seems to be able to hold a candle to the pressure that is on, you know, people who are in women's bodies. And I think this goes well beyond our family upbringings. Of course, depending on your upbringing, you can have a better or worse relationship with your body. If you were lucky enough to grow up in a body positive home, then maybe you find you have an occasional bad day when it comes to your relationship with your body, but you might find that you're generally okay and that this stuff never really affected you as much as it affects others. And, you know, God bless you. We're very jealous because this has definitely been a big part of my life's work. And in fact, my business started as being a health coach and I focused specifically on body image and emotional eating because I had overcome a lot of that stuff on my own, you know, long story, I won't get into it, but eventually evolved into this business. But this shit is hard, you know, fully accepting our body is just so, so hard. And I'm so grateful to see that things are changing. Major brands are beginning to be more inclusive in who their models are, both beauty brands, clothing brands, all of that kind of stuff. We see more body positive Instagram influencers who have millions of followers. And I love to see all of those things. But that does not mean our society is anywhere close to where we need to be. And I, I share in my in the conversation that I have with Beth, who is my caller today, even just yesterday, I was sitting in the car waiting for my husband while he was running into the grocery store. And there was just this commercial on varicose veins. And like, aren't they just so ugly? And you just want to cover it. And you just like are so embarrassed and shamed by I mean, it just like not only stuck the knife, they just kept twisting it around in there. And I was like, holy crap. Like, I don't even have varicose veins. But I began to be like, Oh, my God, what else is wrong with my body? Or what else can I possibly fix or change or hide or whatever? And it's just insane. It really, really, really is insane. And, you know, again, whether or not you grew up in a body positive home, I think it's hard to fully escape both the conscious and unconscious programming that beauty for women is defined as being young, thin, and smooth. Smooth meaning like no frizzy hair, no dreadlocks, uh, smooth skin. So no wrinkles, no blemishes, no scars, nothing like that. And in fact, you know, when I start working with a client, I'll often ask them, like, what is your self-care routine like? I just want to know how they are treating themselves in some of the most basic ways. And more often than not, they'll start telling me with what their exercise routine is. And exercise and nutrition has gotten so intertwined with self-care. And yes, I do think there is a place for moving your body and eating healthy things and eating things that are nutritious for your body. That is a part of self-care. However, I also think that especially at the beginning of your healing journey, when it comes to your body or when it comes to self-care, 
we have to separate the two. And I think it's really, really hard to really, really believe that we're simply just exercising because it makes us feel good. I think that there is still some unconscious programming that it'll make us look a certain way, which then feeds into the whole body image, body dysmorphia thing that we're going to talk about on today's call. So my caller, Beth, she is a client of mine in the Love Incubator. So you might notice that I didn't actually dive that much at all, actually, into inner child or into her background and her history, mostly because I know it all. Well, not for everything, but I know a lot. We've been working together quite closely for this year in the incubator. And so today's call is really just very tactical. How do you really begin to heal your relationship to your body? And how can you feel more confident in the context of dating? And especially if you have any self-consciousness around getting older or being in a larger body or having scars or whatever comes up for you with your body, then I think you'll get some really, really actionable tools and tips and practices that you can bring into your life. So just a little bit of background. So she is 53. And she's been divorced for about seven years. And she's realizing that she's aged since not only she's been in the marriage, but since her divorce, and she's ready to date again. She also went through breast cancer, including multiple surgeries, leaving her body with scars. And so she's worried about being rejected for her body or that she's just too old or things don't work the way they used to, you know, to be attractive to someone else. So no matter your age, no matter your body size, if you struggle with your body image one way or another, or you're worried about being rejected for the way you look, you'll love this episode. I definitely recommend you take some notes and start implementing the action steps that I give Beth as soon as possible. I think it'll really help. And with that, let's dive right in. Hi, Beth. Welcome to the show. How can I help? Hi. So one of the things that I know you and I have worked on before has to do with being enough. And, um, you know, when I've, I've worked with you, I'm getting to where I feel like I'm ready to date again. But I think one of the things that comes up for me is um, being really worried about, I guess, body issues, things like that. And I know, like for me, it's been almost seven years that I've been divorced and I haven't dated a whole lot by far. But one of the things that I noticed that comes up is, and also I went through um, breast cancer while I was going through my divorce and, you know, lots of scars, things like that. But I was, I'm also a lot older now. So, you know, in trying to think about, you know, being positive and also some of the other things that you, you've said about, you know, it's okay to want whatever I want. I'm still getting, I guess, nervous about, you know, getting out there as far as being maybe a little bit older now. And how can I, I guess, have some more confidence around that as I'm working to get more, more inner confidence? I don't know, this outer stuff seems to be getting in my way as well. You mean the outer stuff in terms of like, your body, like that part's getting yes. in your way? Okay. Yes. Okay. And has this always been something that's come up for you or has it been more recent? Yeah, it's definitely been something that I've struggled with, but I think, you know, definitely since getting older, things have changed, lots of surgeries. Yeah. So I think, 
you know, and realizing, wow, I have gotten a little bit older and things aren't the way they used to be when I was younger. Yeah. And what's your fear around that? Like, what are you afraid of that meeting or happening? Yeah, I guess that, you know, it's going to be something that I'll be rejected for. And, you know, we've talked about this and I've definitely, you know, done some work around rejection, resiliency and things like that. But I guess, I guess sometimes I know in my past, I've felt so ugly on the outside. And now I realize that that has more to do with the way I was feeling on the inside. But I guess I'm realize I'm still really worried about maybe being rejected for this. Mm-hmm. I have a whole list of things that I could be rejected for. So, <laughs> but this is, I guess this is something that's, you know, definitely coming up now. Yeah. Well, okay. How did your relationship to your body transform after breast cancer? Wow. So I guess I noticed and after going through treatment and things like that, and I actually have one more surgery that I'm going to be doing this fall, very much like things don't work the way they used to because of scar tissue, because of limited, I guess, mobility, things like that. And the scars were, they were a lot. There's a lot of them. And it takes a couple of years to really for them to fade. So I guess I was just, I was feeling a little, not even a little, I was feeling less than. And I think sometimes that really, two things kept me from dating then. And one was just that I was going through all this, but two, it was also, you know, I just, you know, who's going to want me kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it sounds like your relationship to your body and tell me if I'm correct here, because I'm, I, you didn't really answer the question, but I'm just going to infer what I think you mean, which is okay. the relationship with your body. Like you almost cut it off. Like there's scars and it didn't work how it used to work. Doesn't look how it used to look. So it's like, this part of me is, you know, going to be a problem. It's going to hold me back. And so it's like, let's just be angry at it or be frustrated or be self-conscious about it, right? Absolutely. And also, you know, because I was going through a divorce when I was diagnosed, I have to say that I did. I get, I got angry. I was like, you know, why even go to the gym? Why even go out walking? So I find, you know, and getting really back into it in the last two years and, and, you know, I'm not running marathons or half marathons or 5Ks or anything. How do you think it's going to work for you to feel Mm -hmm. confident in your body, to not be scared of rejection because of your body when you've kind of rejected it yourself? Like, how is that going to work for Mm -hmm. you? How does rejecting my body work for me? Yeah. Like, is it going to go well when you're, when you're dating and not wanting to be rejected because of your body? Uh, No, not at all. (laughs) Not at all. Exactly. Exactly. Look. There will be people, you know, how old are you again? 53. Okay. You will meet men who are 53 or whatever age, and they're going to want people who have a 20 year old body. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you just have to accept that those people are out there and those people aren't for you. And that's okay. That's Mm -hmm. the first piece. 
like, let's not pretend like, or be scared of those kind of people. Let's just acknowledge it and be like, yeah, there are going to be some 50 something men who just want to hook up with 20 somethings. And that's totally cool. They're allowed to do that. It doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. They're allowed to have preferences just like the rest of us are allowed to have preferences. So if we can allow that, then if we do ever encounter one of those men, then it's so much easier to be like, oh, that's one of those men who just wants to date and hook up with a 25-year-old. That's cool. But that's not for me. Yeah. Okay. That's the first piece. Just allow it. (laughs) Just allow it. (laughs) Which is, yeah, a great new uh, gift that you've given me. I just allow it. I allow that. Yeah. Yeah. Something you can do about it. Can't change it. Yeah. You want to be with that kind of person anyways? Probably not. No. So like, whatever. If they want a 25-year-old, have fun. Right. Have fun. Whatever. Right. (laughs) Go on. Live your life. The second piece, though, is going to come back to you. And if you don't learn to accept your body, then no one else will. And I know that kind of feels cliche, so let's break that down so how we can actually do it. Here's what I'm sensing that didn't happen after you went through breast cancer and also just go through and go through and <laughs> going through aging, you know, you're right. Like your mm-hmm. body does look different. Things aren't as tight as they used to be. As you say, things aren't working the way they used to be. How are those experiences of both aging and also having lots of surgery and going through breast cancer? How does that actually support your body? How does that actually, like, what's the good in that? You're very good at seeing the bad in it and how it holds you back, but how can that actually be used and seen as ways to help you move forward and see yourself in a new way? What have those things given you? Yeah, I think definitely I have a compassion for people, not only going through cancer, but just going through something hard now. I mean, I am the one who can talk to someone about that. I'm not afraid to reach out to someone and say, hey, are you doing okay? And not that I wasn't compassionate before, but now I think I I definitely am more so in that if someone is even just having a hard time, I I can reach out and, and say, are you doing okay? Or yeah, I can... What I find, and especially when it comes to cancer or something along those lines, is people say, call me if you need anything, right? But that's really hard to do from the patient's point of view, right? So I think I am definitely that person, though. I don't say, reach out to me if you need anything. I now call and ask, what can I do for you? Because it is hard. It's really hard. And people do get kind of, not weird, but I've just noticed that some people have a really hard time being around someone who's going through cancer or someone who's going through something pretty difficult. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I might, I can do it. Yeah. I can do it. And, you know, it might just be bringing pumpkin bread or whatever, even if maybe you you couldn't tell me that you needed anything. And so, you know, I'm, I think it's, that's a good thing that, that has happened for me. Totally. And uh, yeah. And what else, whether it relates to cancer or growing old, what else has 
What are, what are um, payoffs? How did that help yeah. you? Yeah. How did it help me? I think it's definitely also like, I think growing older, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying really hard to be more gentle on myself because, you know, when I was going through my divorce and things like that, like I, I did not work out very often. I was probably, I was using a lot of things to numb eating too much, probably drinking too much. And it definitely in the last couple of years, like I'm, I'm getting back to what I'd like to be. Um, so it's made me really think about that. And, and um, yeah, well, I don't know that I'm answering that question very That's okay. well. Let me give you an example. So I know I'm much younger than you, but one thing that I'm realizing is, oh, I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so, you know, when I smile or whatever, obviously those little lines appear and I don't, they're not like counting how many people I've slept with, but <laughs> I think they are counting, you know, all of the moments in life that have made me laugh. Right. And that, you know, can only come from experience, from age and a lot of those things and those moments and those people in my life where you know, I have laughed, that has brought the fulfillment you know, in my community and my relationships and my relationship with myself and my growth and all of that stuff. And so, well, I'm not saying that like, you know, I look in the mirror every day and I'm like, oh, I have these new lines on my face and that's just wonderful. It's, I think it's a process because I think the relationship with our bodies goes well beyond, you know, our family patterns. Of course, that kind of made it even easier or harder, depending on how bodies were talked about in your family growing up. But we just live in a society where we are just told to like not love the imperfections or appreciate them or, you know, you see them as bad or a problem. You know, just yesterday I was sitting in the car, my husband went to the grocery store. So I was just sitting in the car with our dog. So it was really hot. And uh, there was some commercial and it was, I don't know, it was talking about like varicose veins and it was like, aren't they just so painful and you want to cover them up and wear long pants even when it's hot. And like, I don't even have varicose veins, but I was like freaking out. I was like, oh my God, I don't want to listen to this crap. So I think it's also a daily commitment to appreciate literally the scars on our body and see them as, I don't want to say battle wounds, but like as reminders of things that make us who we are. And some days will feel easier and we'll go through life that feel easier and harder. But I think that until you can get to that place on a more consistent basis, then it's going to be really hard to have someone else come in and accept you for all the parts of you because you don't even do it for yourself. Right. If today's conversation resonated with you and this feels like something you need, it's possible. There are spots right now available to work with me privately. Together, we can unravel your dating patterns, clear your love blocks, and get you into the relationship you desire and deserve by digging into your constitution, your childhood, and your previous relationships. Working with me privately means I can meet you where you're at and hold your hand through the process. It doesn't matter if you've never done this work or you've been doing it for years. All that matters is that you're done with where you're at and you're ready to find love in the next 12 months and are ready to invest the time and money in radically changing your life. To explore if this is the right fit for you, please visit me at veronicagrant.com forward slash coaching to learn more and schedule your introductory call with me.
what's coming up for you? So I think a couple of things. One, you know, there are days I can be very proud of the scars and, and also even just the radiation tattoos that come along with the radiation treatment. And I even really took a huge uh, leap of faith and I scheduled some boudoir shots for next month. And one of the things I really want to work with is getting some shots that really kind of highlight those tattoos or the scars. But in talking to you, though, I realized that, you know, I think I'm still looking for that validation through others and also kind of, you know, buying into that, that whole thing that, you know, if I look good, then I'm going to get quantity of men. And then, you know, then I'm going to have so many more choices because I mean, yeah, sometimes I get impatient about waiting for the right guy to come along. So I think, you know, definitely, you know, thinking about that as far as how else can I just validate myself that. What's the part of your body that I don't want to say hate, but what's the part of your body that brings you the most stress? Oh God, all of it. No. Um, yeah, no. I mean, this is definitely something I've struggled with since like body image, since I was in my teens. I don't know if I could just pick one. I think sometimes it's just, you know, might even be cellulite or. Okay. So let's, let's start with that. So go ahead and close your eyes okay. for me. And if it's possible, I want you to place your hands where you have cellulite that makes you feel self-conscious. Good. Just take a couple breaths. And I want you to feel the warmth and the weight of your hand on your cellulite. And then I want you to imagine with each inhale that through either your palms or just going straight to where your cellulite is internally, sending that part of your body Just lots of love and gratitude. What part of your body has the cellulite or the most cellulite that you feel self-conscious about? Um, Sometimes my arms. And what do your arms allow you to do? I was just thinking that when we were doing that, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so lucky to have these arms. You know, I can lift things. I can work outside. You know, I do lift weights. I can hug my son. Yeah, I can do a lot of things with them. Mm-hmm. And they are strong. Mm-hmm. I can still do a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Close your eyes for me again. What would you want to say to your arms? Hi, uh, you're pretty cool. <laughs> You can, you you know, you can, you can lift heavy things. You can move things. You can move furniture. You can, you know, work in the yard. You can lift weights. You can hug your son. Yeah. You know, whether you're right, whether they have cellulite or not. And, um, you know, they help me balance when I ski or when I um, am walking yeah. I help you do your work in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. 
I type all day long. So yeah, they do. They absolutely help. Yeah. Yeah. I think this might be a good exercise for you to go through, not just with your arms, but really, you know, with your breasts, with your scars, with tummies, wrinkles, thighs, like maybe just go body part by body part. And I would write a letter to each part of her. And it might take a while because, you know, we have lots of body parts and everything, and it doesn't have to be like an overnight process. But I think the messages that are important to get across is one, I think it'd be really powerful just to apologize to your body for cutting her off. Because the truth is, and I think you kind of already know this, at least intuitively from our work together so far, and that is the body has so much wisdom. You know, how often have either I asked you, or maybe you've heard me some coach someone else in the love incubator when they're trying to go through a decision they have to make. And I'm like, all right, we'll close your eyes, you know, and then where do you feel it in your body? <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's because the body's so wise. And so that's where I would first just begin, you know, whenever you've had a bad relationship with someone that you want to rekindle and, um, you know, you know, you've had a role in making the relationship, you know, not great, you would probably start with an apology. And I think with the body, it's no different. So you can just apologize. Like I'm, I bought into the misunderstanding of societal definitions of beauty. And I know that I haven't fully been able to release them, but I'm working on them. And I want you to know that I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not always going to accept you hundred percent every day, but I'm working on it. And this is the kind of relationship that I want to have with you. And then I think once you go from that space, and I think you can move into more of gratitude. And then I think you can also look into kind of what we were doing before, but like, I mean, I guess this is gratitude too, but like also just really recognizing and acknowledging all the things that your body could do. Like, God forbid, if you were in a really bad accident and you lost one or both of your arms, did you care about the cellulite? Like you'd probably take some cellulite just to get your arms back. Yeah. 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 And I know that sounds like really like dire and extreme, but I think that we're just so taught, like our bodies are just a problem. Our bodies are just a problem. Our bodies is just a problem. And the truth is, is that every day that we have our body, it's a gift. And that just goes against so much of what we see. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. And so from, from there, and one thing that's really been helpful for me is I like to follow, I like to follow people on Instagram. First of all, like if I ever see anything on Instagram, that's about like shaping your body in a certain way. Like that's just an immediate unfollow, like yeah, immediate unfollow. But there's, there's a few accounts that I think are really helpful. Just, I think the more we can normalize seeing different shapes of bodies, different colors of bodies, just different kinds of bodies. And that just can eventually become more normal as we see it. So I like to follow plus size models. One of my favorite accounts to follow, I'm going to see if I can find her real quick. I think her name is like Dana something. And I'm not even sure like who she is, but she must be like a, a former model or something just because of like, she knows angles and light work and stuff. Yeah. It's Dana E. Mercer. We'll put her link in the show notes. It's D-A-N-A-E-M-E-R-C-E-R. And basically what she does is she'll do like a little video of like how to get like the perfect 
angle, like to get rid of the cellulite or the rolls or the wrinkles. And it's not so like, so you can do that too for your pictures, but it's more of like, here's what it looks like when I'm just sitting like a normal human being. And here's what it looks like when I'm putting my clothes on this way and when I'm angling it this way and when the light's this way. And sometimes like the the before and after is like, it doesn't even look like the same body, but Hmm. it totally is. And so that for me, I I love looking at her. I can just scroll through her account all day because even (laughs) like, it's just a reminder of like, oh yeah, like if I post a picture of me in my bathing suit and I have a role, Hmm who the fuck cares? Like, like everyone has a role, even this like former model, or I'm not even sure exactly what her previous life was, but, um, yeah, uh, but I think just following more stuff like that can create some new neural netting. In the yeah. Brain. That's good. I did find someone on Instagram. She's a younger, I think dark hair. I want to say she might even be from the UK, but she was a fitness guru or something and she does she shows that even she has cellulite and she kind of does the same thing like oh this is what you know I really look like and yeah and if she sits down on a chair and her thighs actually spread out yeah she has cellulite and yeah yeah, she yeah she posts those pictures so that's good but I will definitely check out Dana Mercer yeah I think the more that you can um follow these kind of people like I love watching um I love Ashley Graham. I love super size. I think it's called super size that look. And basically this woman, uh, she's plus size and she basically recreates Kate and Megan styles. And you know me, I mean, I'm obsessed with Royals. So of course I love that account. Oh, I am too. No, I am too. <laughs> I think it's called plus size that super size that look or something like that. Okay. Something like that. And And then once you start following those people, then you find other people and it can, you know, don't go too far down the rabbit hole because it still is Instagram. But I do think that the more that we can just see those images, I think it just normalizes it even, even more. So I really think that, you know, the three big pieces that I'm, that I'm pulling out and I'm just curious to hear how this sounds and if it feels complete or if there's still questions, but I mean, obviously it's not complete because this is a lifelong process and lifelong journey. But one is just to allow people and to acknowledge that, yeah, there's going to be people who just want to hook up with 25 year olds or, or at least women who look 25 and that's more power to them. Totally cool. Let them have fun. And it has nothing to do with you. And then second is, you know, just like how we might not fix, that's not the right word. What's the word I'm thinking of? Rekindle the relationship with our inner child you know, you're rekindling the relationship with your body with appreciation and gratitude and also just really acknowledging like how your literal scars, but also the wrinkles and whatever else looks different or doesn't work the way it used to, how that actually gives you some advantages that other people aren't going to have who haven't experienced those same things or maybe women who are younger doesn't mean you're better than younger women. It just means you have something else that you can offer because you got 20 years or 30 years, you know, under your belt and then beginning to normalize, you know, different looking bodies. So whether it's through Instagram, um, just simply turning off ads, definitely throwing out every single diet book you have. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you have any. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, like, I don't. No. <laughs> definitely throwing anything out like that. And just recognizing that it's not just something that's going to like 
be a switch and it turns on and you're good. You know, I've been doing this work a long time. I really struggle with body image. And some days, I would say most of the time it's fine. But there are some days where I'm just like, you know, I, I feel awful. I feel like I look awful. I feel like and I can just go down the gamut with what needs to be changed or what's wrong or whatever. And in those moments, instead of judging, that yeah. those are the moments to come back to compassion and compassion for myself for being judgment, judgmental. <laughs> so how does this all feel? Better, better. I mean, you know, at first I think I even felt a little silly or vain to even bring this up, but no, I, I like it. I mean, I think it's definitely something to incorporate as far as like to be kind to myself, no matter what it is, whether it's, you know, working with my inner child and, or, and, or about this, you know, about, oh gosh, my arms are getting older and wrinkly and have a little cellulite on them. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of amazing to think that to be more compassionate about everything. Yeah. Whereas, you know, definitely, I think I was raised and also um, society, like, like be hard on yourself. You know, you got to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? A lot of men are like this too. You know, they're, they're self-conscious about their bodies. And and sometimes it's even more because they don't have an outlet because it's not as normalized for them to talk about or deal with their own body image stuff where, women, I think it's a little bit more normal. Um, And I think sometimes that's even where the rejection comes from. It's like they see an older woman and that brings up for them, oh yeah, I'm 53 too, you know, and so then they reject you. But really it's just like their own projection. You know what I mean? Um, And yeah, I mean, men's bodies change too. Yeah. Their balls start yeah. to sag a little bit more, <laughs> you know, and so, and that's just, and that's how it is. And I think, I don't want to say like, and a real man can be okay with that because I don't like that kind of languaging, but someone who is going to be accepting of you is much more likely to be accepting of their own bodies. And that just creates a healthier dynamic. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I like that. Awesome. Well, I hope this was helpful. Yes, it was. Thank you very much. Thank you so much to Beth for coming onto the show. Thank you for your question. I love you dearly. And I'm so grateful that you were willing to ask this question because I know this question is asked by millions of women, but definitely probably the majority of women listening to this podcast. So thank you. Thank you. So Beth came looking for support about how she can date despite not feeling so great in her body. And I think my recommendations and my coaching to her were fairly clear and straightforward. So there's not much more I need to say about them. But I do want to say something else uh, that I want to leave you with. If you've been listening to me for a while, it's no secret that I've also struggled with my fair share of body image issues and not feeling so great in her all the time. And again, I normalize it. This is normal. I'm not special or unique in this way. And I will definitely never be perfect at it. I will definitely have times in my life where I'm feeling more confident in my body and times when I'm feeling less confident. And that, by the way, has nothing to do with my body size. It just has to do with my relationship to her. 
However, as I approach my due date, or in fact, maybe I'd had the baby early and I'm already having a baby and already in my postpartum body, I'm sure a lot of new stuff is going to come up that I'll have to work through. And that will just be what it is. And I just pray that I can really get to a place where I can see like, oh my gosh, like my body just brought another human into this world onto earth. So like, does it really matter that, you know, my belly is bigger? I don't know, probably not, right? So here's what's really helped me the most as I've healed a lot of my relationships to my body and body image. I really deeply at this point in my life believe that my body is a temple. I believe she is sacred and I believe she is given by some sort of divine source so that my soul can have a human experience because my soul is meant to be here in this moment in time. I am not destined to wake up every morning to lose 10 more pounds or to desperately try to get those little crow's feet away on my eyes. That's just not my purpose in life. And you know what? It's not your purpose either. But my body does need to be cared for because in fact, she is a temple and she's the only body I'm going to get in this lifetime. And when I approached how I treat my body to taking care of her and tending to her rather than trying to conform her or to get her to look a certain way, everything for me changed. I went through a period where I had such an unhealthy relationship to diet and exercise where it really did rule a big part of my life that I swung to the complete opposite end of the pendulum and I got to a place where I believed that all eating healthy and all exercise was bad because it was impossible to engage in those behaviors without it also meaning that I was trying to shape my body into some sort of societal definition of beauty. And I was so repulsed by that that I didn't even want any of that anymore. And so I didn't exercise. I didn't really try to eat healthy or try to not eat healthy. I was just like, I want this. I'm going to eat that. I want, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Not going to exercise, not going to do this. And that's That was what I really needed for a long time. And then I got to a place where I actually didn't feel so great then because I, in fact, was not taking care of my body. And so for me, finding somewhere in the middle has been a much better place for me because the truth is, is that my body does need good nutrition and she does need to be moved every day. And she also needs rest and she also needs sleep to feel good. And sometimes she also needs chocolate cake or, you know, cookie dough ice cream, right? it's all good. And it's all okay. And it's not vain to also take care of myself. I still use face masks, I buy high quality beauty products, including makeup, shampoos, body washes, all of those things. One, because it feels really good on my skin and hair. And two, because I value using products that don't contain weird chemicals and hormones. And again, because this is the only body that I get, I'm tending to her needs, and I'm taking care of her. I like to literally imagine, you know, monks in a temple just tending to their temples and just taking really, really meticulous and dedicated time to scrub the floors and the walls and tend to the gardening and just making sure that it looks like a beautiful space because the temple is a holy space. And when I can focus on that and that is the way in which I treat my body rather than like, oh, I need to do this face mask because it might get rid of my wrinkles or whatever, then sometimes the actions can still be the same, right? Like I might use the face mask either way, or I might eat the salad either way. But what's important is that the relationship to my body and the relationship to what I'm doing is completely transformed. And that is what's going to show up in my life. And that is going to be the experience that I project 
to other people. And that's going to also be what I receive back from other people, especially my husband and people that I am close with. So if you get nothing else from this episode, I want you to know this. Yes, there are shallow people out there who want their partners to look like they're 20 years old. Awesome. Let them have fun. Those people aren't interested in what you're looking for anyways, so let them go and do not worry if they reject you because you're older or because you're fatter or because you have scars or because you have wrinkles or whatever. Your job in your life is to not look like you're 25 again or to lose 20 pounds. Your purpose on this earth is so much bigger than that. And I know you know that, right? Like this is not big news to you. You know that you are not meant to wake up every morning to lose weight. That is just not what you are here on this planet earth for. I don't know what it is for, but I know it's not for that. So I want you to live into what your real purpose is and see how your body size, your wrinkles and your scars give you stories and show signs of wonderful times in your life or are a testament to what you've overcome and who you've become because of it. Like I said to Beth, this is a lifelong commitment. It's probably not going to be a switch that just turns on for you and you never experience issues around body image again. But I know you can do this and you've 100% got this. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will see you next week with a brand new interview, which I'm super excited about. I'm going to be interviewing someone who chose single motherhood, not meaning she chose it in the sense that she left her partner or got divorced, but chose it in the sense that she went to the sperm bank and did some sperm shopping and decided to have two children on her own. It's a really amazing story. It also includes a love story. So I'm super excited for you to hear it. And we'll be in your earbuds next week sharing it. Thanks for listening to the Love Life Connection podcast. You can find the show notes for this episode at veronicagrant.com forward slash podcast. And that's also the place you can sign up to be coached by me here on the show. And if you love this podcast, please leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. It helps more incredible women like you find this show and find real love. Until next time, remember, wherever you are is exactly where you need to be. You're not broken and you don't need to be fixed. Just because you've never had the relationship you want before doesn't mean you can't have it now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.